0: To get started, visit plushcare.com weightloss weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss.
1: It looks like the Food and Drug Administration might be ready to approve the first gene editing therapy that cured sickle cell anemia symptoms in 97% of trial patients. Are we ready for the Humane AI Pen, a wearable AI assistant that kind of reminds you of a Star Trek TNG communicator badge? Rapper and producer of the DOC may use AI to release new music. And banks are under pressure to refund funds to Zelle users who were scammed out of their money, while the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau aims to regulate all digital payment apps like banks. We got all this and more for you in episode 106 of The Tech John. From Columbus, Ohio,
2: I'm your host, Rob Dunwood.
3: And coming out of Philly, it's your girl Tech Life Steph.
2: And out of Atlanta, this is Terrence Gaines, a.k.a. Brother Tech, a.k.a. Soccer season is over but now basketball season begins <laughs> my, my son played his last games on this weekend and now practice starts on thursday so once sport it is over, never
3: ends
2: one begins so no west but for the i was uh doing most of the soccer uh drop-offs and pickups i think i'm gonna have to delegate the basketball stuff to my wife she always lovingly jokingly whenever we're outside oh i'm a I'm an inside uh sports soc- uh mom. I'm not an outdoor sport because when we play soccer, the kids gotta get up, but uh, crack a dawn in the early in the morning, get out there and it's cold. We gotta sit out there in the cold and the rain, watch six year olds kick a ball around. <laughs> so she's like, Oh, I'm an inside uh uh sports mom. I'm like, All right, bet. Right. <laughs> <laughs> bet.
3: <laughs> there will come a time <laughs> when you will be called upon.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, my well,
3: it's her turn hmm.
1: My kids, everything was outdoor. So my oldest did soccer when she was young. Then it was all about marching band and, you know, and that kind of stuff. My youngest was track. I guess she had indoor track, too. She ran indoor. But uh, yeah, it was it was it was all the outside stuff. So I empathize with you, man. I, I, I know, I know what that is like. And you got three kids, you got to do it for. I only had the two and they were separated significantly by age. In my case, they're my, my, my oldest and my youngest are two year, or eight years apart. So we at least got a little bit of a break in the middle, but, uh, yeah, you got these back to back to backs. So anyway, let's go ahead and do a tech show, y'all. I wanted to just shout out Saray because Saray last week, she submitted a story to us, which is is truly interesting. And it was just that when we got it, we had already we had just wrapped up putting our uh, rundown together so we couldn't get it in but i wanted to bring it back so so i'm actually in 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 our notes this this story is submitted by saray and it is about the fda they appear poised to approve the first medical therapy that uses gene editing and why it is of interest to, to, to us especially is because they're using what's called CRISPR gene editing therapy and and they're doing this to cure symptoms of sickle cell anemia which believe it or not, my brother-in-law actually has sickle cell. So when I started looking through this, it's like, you know, I, I would hope that this would be something that he could get into, but essentially what CRISPR, it's, it's an acronym. It stands for clustered regularly interspaced short palindromic repeats. Have no idea what any of that stuff means. I understand each of those words individually, but when you put them together like that, All um, right. it's some, it's, it sounds like some really, really sciency type stuff, but what it essentially does is it allows you to disrupt a targeted gene or or if D, if you put DNA into it, you can actually rewrite DNA, you can resequence it. So what they're doing is they're taking genes of or they're taking the DNA and the genes of these folks who have sickle cell and they are actually making those cells healthy, I guess, if, if, if I'm probably bastardizing this completely, but they're basically taking stuff out, changing it. Uh, from a DNA standpoint, He's mixing it, it up,
3: up, flipping it, rubbing yeah, it down, rubbing
1: it down <laughs> injecting it back in and it is it is it is i don't want to say curing, but is it? it's at least keeping the symptoms from an incredibly debilitating disease. it affects mostly melanated folks it's the stuff that generally affects black folks, mostly brown folks after that. And it's, it's pretty cool. This might be the first time that the FDA actually approves this type of gene editing for, for, for mass use. Now the question is, will, will it be used massively? This is expensive, y'all. It's like millions of dollars, $2 million with their estimating per treatment. And it's a lengthy hospital stay. Essentially the people who go through this, they have to go through a series of bone marrow transplant or transfusions, which is not. It, it, you know, th- yeah, yeah, it's not true. It's, tri- it's not, not tri- like it's not. It's not like going to get a flu shot. It's no. it's you know you're you're in the hospital for a minute. But the results look good. Profiled a Victoria Gray. She was the first person to undergo this. And uh, it's been three and a half years and she has not had a symptom of sickle cell since she's gone through this. And it's allowed her to actually go back to work and just do all the things that we who do not have sickle cell anemia take for granted. Just not. I've seen my brother in law, not when he actually went through episode but shortly after he came back from one and it just it just wipes him out and you know it's it's, it's excruciating pain that he goes through when he suffers yeah, through this my,
3: uh one of my best friends her sister has sickle cell and and i can remember too one of my friends in college her little brother uh had sickle cell and and i mean he stayed in the hospital having a crisis and um, so yeah, I'm definitely aware of how <laughs> serious, uh, a, a situation it is. I mean, T-Boz has sickle cell from the group TLC. Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually regularly donate blood. My, uh, my blood type is B positive, which I found out is the one type that you can donate to people that have sickle cell. Um, and it helps them. So I, I, it, Quarterly donate blood to try to help in whatever small way my blood can help. I don't know if it actually goes to people with sickle cell necessarily, but, um, but I, but I know that's why I do it because I know my blood type is, is the one that that they can take, um, that helps them. But it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's very encouraging news. Um, it says the treatment worked in 29 of 30 patients followed for at least 18 months and doesn't appear to cause any serious short-term safety concerns. So, um, yeah, super encouraging, but hella, hella expensive. Um, and that it just seems like the people that need it the most might not be able to get it.
1: Yeah. So when you start looking outside of this country, the areas of the world where it affects the most people are the places where they just don't have the money to, you know, to do this. So what I'm hoping and just reading, you know, there there were ultimately three total articles that Saray had sent to us. I read through most of them. And one of the hopes is that is this CRISPR type of gene therapy is not just for sickle cell. They can do other things with it. So they think that they might be able to reverse the effects of, diseases like Alzheimer's and stuff like that so I hope that the just the technology over time fixes more things it cure you know like I say cure is a strong word I hope that it addresses more ailments and because of that the price ultimately ends up coming down because you know even here, if you've got good, if you've got really good insurance, it's like $2 million for a a procedure. It's not going to pay it. But here's what one of the, uh, one one of the articles that I read was saying was that, you know, for folks who have sickle cell anemia, they, from a, just a healthcare standpoint, they are in the millions. In in some cases, usually folks who have sickle cell, most women live to about the age of 55. Most men, I think it's like 49. My brother-in-law is beyond that. I think he's 52. He's, you know, he's a year older than me. But over that, over the course of their lives, they spend significantly more or, or I should say more spent on them significantly more. M- many of them um end up getting some type of disability simply because they cannot effectively hold a job because. You and know,
3: you would think that the insurance companies would do the math and be like, OK, it's cheaper to just go ahead and let them get this instead of keep on paying, paying, paying. But. That kind of thing just does not happen. It 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 is too much like right, honestly, mm-hmm. and I just I just don't see um, insurance companies saying, let's go ahead and and pay this on the front end so we can save. You know, let's pay two million on the front end so we can maybe save four million on the back end. Um, yeah, I I I want to be more optimistic about about it, but I'm not.
2: <laughs> when you say optimistic, you mean optimistic that this in general will be. Uh, widely available and low cost, and made well, available that, to anybody who needs it. Companies will
3: pay for it. Yeah, I has just, that, I'm, I'm just not optimistic that, that <laughs> not Exactly in the
2: history of medicine <laughs> altogether.
3: I know.
1: Yeah, because here in the United States, I, I think it's like only about 120,000 people have sickle cell anemia. Quite a few more have the trait, but as as far that, you know, that are suffering from the debilitating aspects of the disease, there's only about 120,000. So from a, from just the people who are doing the work is like, can we really make enough money off of such a small sample of people for this particular type of gene therapy? Th- those kind of questions come in. You know, you, you know, it, we'd be lying if we said that th- there are companies who are doing this work. It's like, yeah, there's just not enough people with uh, sickle cell anemia. Let's move on from that and let's move to other things that a lot of people have. That way we can, we can get this technology to work well for them. And maybe we can make some money off of it. I hate to say that that's how, how things that cure people or make people well work, but that's, you know, that's capitalism. That's, that's the kind of system that we're in. So. Two million dollars. Yeah. We we will have to see. And like I said, you know, just some. And it's still early. It's still, it's, still it's, early. it's real early. I so, mean, they've only had thirty and, people
2: go and, through this. Well, and they they're gonna have to follow this young lady for the next fifteen years of her life. Mm-hmm. And so maybe things change between now and fifteen years from now. Um, maybe something else, another complication that sets her at. You know, Laura bill willing not wishing that on her, but you know. Uh, we're just hearing about one person. We haven't heard about any sort of anything outside of it worked for her, but we still got to watch her. Right. So even if this kind of works, they still got to figure out a whole bunch of other stuff, which will take years and years and years and years and years. Yeah. And so the people who are reading this that may have sickle cell, even if it was Cheap, not necessarily cheap. Even if it, will, even if the government, our country, made it more available or accessible and economical for a lot of people to get it, they still got to wait at least a decade or so before this is like, for sure, this is going to either cure or alleviate the symptoms that come with sickle cells. So, you know, it's it's bleak. It's positive that they're making moves, and this is something that, like you mentioned before, specifically, generally affects black folks. So we definitely, you know, appreciate that. But at the same time, it's like it's a long time before this becomes yeah. even a question about whether or not people can afford it.
1: Yeah. And uh, you just, you know, our insurance company is going to cover it. My I don't even want to say my gut, but here's what I'm thinking on this is that maybe insurance that is provided by the federal government would say, well, wait a minute, we, we already, you know, we, we already have, you know, a significant number of people who are sickle cell, they're on disability already. So they're getting state and government benefits based on that. So when we look at, well, how much does it cost us over the course of this person who we are going to do what we do with the benefits that we have available to them? Um, you know, how much is that going to cost over the course of their life? And, that number is probably well above you know the the one to two million dollars that this therapy costs, and then you also look at well, if they are well with it, if they're able to work they're you know they're productive, you're just thinking all the things that having somebody who is not ill as compared to somebody who is ill would be a good thing, and you know that that would benefit society i just I'm just
3: so Ray makes yeah. a good point too if if you know at some point. Other countries do things so much better than we do all the time, especially as it relates to healthcare. Um, this could become some sort of medical tourism, uh, thing that, that people do where they go to Turkey or, you know, wherever to have this done and then come back here. So I could definitely see that happening because I could totally see some other countries figuring out a way to do this significantly cheaper, uh, less expensive more quickly than we will um, mm-hmm. and making it available to more people. So maybe that will be the, the workaround for, for people in this country.
1: Absolutely. So y'all the, the tech story last week that, seemed like it dominated a, a lot of news was this story about this new humane ai pin i don't know if either of you saw any of the news on this but essentially mm-hmm. it is a wearable is a device um that you you know you generally you wear it on your you know your lapel or you know you you, you know on your jacket or your shirt or what what have you and it's essentially a little ai it's device. a tricorder
3: Go ahead and say it, Rock. It's, it's an AI tricorder. Well, if you if you want to
1: if you want to be specific and, and, and technically correct, it's not a tricorder. It's a communicator badge.
3: Oh, uh, well, it's um, not a you a yeah, It's you a, it's oh, a wait,
1: communicator wait. badge that allows you to talk directly to the bridge computer.
2: Did you say technically in a fictional universe? Is that what I just heard? No,
1: I meant I meant that in real life. In real life. In real life. No, it, 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 in the Star Trek TNG world, mm-hmm. that, that's that's mm-hmm. what it is. I will start off by saying this is something i I am generally never a 1.0 device person but this is something just the coolness of the technology that you have something that you can just wear on you know wear on your person and talk to it and it gives you these answers and it, just to tell you some of the things that it does so it you know it's a relatively small device it does not have a screen on it but if you want to interact with it you can literally hold your hand up it has a laser that will literally Type words on your hand, or anything that you hold in front of it, that you can actually read and interact with on your hand. It basically is, I believe, it's using uh, GPT four Chat GPT four from OpenAI. Mm-hmm. So you can ask it questions, and it will answer based on those questions. Now you still have all the issues that you have with these uh, large language models that they aren't necessarily one hundred percent accurate, but the technology is getting better, and they're pretty cool. Where this loses me. Is that this John is $700. This is $699, but that ain't it. Cause I, I could rationalize that on a, on a, on a, on a, you know, addition to of this. They want $24 a month for it because it has its own cellular connectivity, which it uses. It, it is not a accessory for a smartphone or for anything else. This is its own thing. So I'm like, seven, well, that's
3: actually cheaper than a smartphone plus cell service. So if you were going to, replace your smartphone which which i think part of the philosophy behind this device is so that you aren't so connected to your smartphone all the time you can have this device that allows you to stay present in the moments with i think that's why they call it a humane they want to keep you present in moments with real people face to face so you don't need to always be looking at your phone looking at your phone you know this whole thing and since you can make calls um you know, you can kind of do everything you, you, you absolutely positively need to do on a smartphone. And for $700 plus $24 a month, it's cheaper than an iPhone. I could tell you that much. So, you know, it might be the move for some people. The one thing I um, noticed about it is that it seems very, I don't want to call it ableist per se, but you definitely need to be of a certain physical ability to use it. Uh, at least in the way that I watched the video, watch the guy use it, you have to tap it to do this and tap it to do that and hold it to do this. And you need, you have to hold your hand out to see the stuff getting beamed onto your hand. So you have to have a hand to do that. So I'm, I'm wondering um, how accessible this device would be for, for people who didn't have all of their, you know, kind of, typical, I don't want to say normal, but typical body, bodily functionality. Um, that was the thing. I was just watching the video, and I mean every time he had to do something, he had to touch it, he had to tap it, he had to look at his hand, he had he really had to engage with it uh, physically in a way that would preclude a lot of people um, to not be able to use it. So, I'd be curious about your guys' thoughts on that.
2: Um, For that reason it'll probably be not necessarily. It'll probably be, I didn't look too deep into this, but I assume for that reason, you'll still probably need some sort of screen. If you are disabled and, you know, missing appendages, you'll probably still need some sort of screen in order to, you know, um, because the iPhone does a good job with accessibility options because there's a screen there. No screen takes away a lot, but on the flip side, it gives you the ability to, I'm assuming to use your voice more. I mean, I- and
3: that was a thing too. I didn't see him use his voice a really? lot with it I, before I, he, before he had to enable it. Like he okay. had to enable it yeah. and then he could say, do this, call this oh. person, do, but he had to tap it every single time. Yeah, gotta, and I was just like, I was like, that's.
1: Yeah, they That's not going
3: to work for a lot of people.
1: They made it a point to tell you that there is no keyword to wake it up. You don't right, just right. say right. I I, I kind of wonder why and it, it's a 1.0 device so I could see them making significant changes on this as as they iterate. As I said, this is something that it interested me because If I could do that and start talking to people and asking questions, this is true. I actually have a Bluetooth Star Trek TNG style communicator badge that I can literally pin to. I I actually have that. I wish I would. I wish I would have had I I should have worn it uh, today. Uh, But I actually have one of those things that I think I paid probably one hundred and forty nine dollars for. But but it actually looks like a Star Trek badge. This company right here, they should be working with Paramount right fast try to get a deal to where they have a skin or something, an accessory that makes it look like that to say it's starting right, I thank you. We, we, we <laughs> um, went for accessibility issues. That would get people
3: to that buy it, That would get people to buy it, though. That would absolutely get people to buy it. That's not a bad idea. That,
1: that would get people to buy it. But here's what I'm thinking. So I have a watch I actually wore today just for this. This is the Galaxy, the original Galaxy watch. It's the you know first and only smart watch that I've owned. And when I bought it, I bought the one with the cellular connectivity into it because I, as I say, when I bought it, I didn't know any better. I didn't know that I would never need that. I am one of those folks and you know, I don't make any bones about this. I am never, ever more than Bluetooth range away from my phone at any given time. The times, you know, that, that, I, that I'm away from my phone, that it is not within Bluetooth range. It might be because I'm on a basketball court and I left my phone in a locker. But I'm not wearing a watch or a tracker at that point. Anyway, I'm just kind of I'm just not connected for that 90 minutes and I'm playing basketball. That is it. At, at all other times, any device that I have or any phone that I have is going to be relatively, you know, it's, it's within 15 seconds of me getting to it uh, at, at any time. So that being the case, I would love to see this thing be more of an accessory to where it works in conjunction with an iPhone or an Android device where you know, it can use its, it can use its connection or just give me that $10 a month connection like you would for the Apple Watch or the Samsung Watches, the the Pixel Watches that have the the cellular built in. Give me something like that, but something that actually can communicate with my phone where I'm going to ultimately have a screen. One of the, you know, one of the features that this
3: point is to get rid of the phone. That's what they're trying to do. Yeah. He really is trying to replace the smartphone. So the idea that you can, connect. I mean, I don't, I don't know that that's going to happen anytime it's not my generation um and and maybe in uh, you know like you said 2.0 or 3.0 will will have some sort of interoperability with a um smartphone but um it right now it seems like a solution looking for a problem mm-hmm. and, and and the other thing i noticed too you talk about the 24 dollars a month they made it a point to call out um you get an unlimited number of queries To whatever GPT model they're using Mm -hmm. to do what you need to do. I have a feeling that Mm -hmm. may change Mm -hmm. at Mm -hmm. some point, um, and it's gonna start costing you. More money for those queries or additional queries or like, I don't know. They, they made it a point to call. I, I just thought it was interesting that they called that out. Um, um, because if I'm wearing this and I pay $700 for it and I'm paying $24 a month, why wouldn't I get an unlimited? Now, why wouldn't I be able to use it as much as I wanted to use it? Um, so I feel like going forward, you know, if this does get gain traction or whatever, they're going to start charging either more m- money per month or you have to pay above a certain, like, like a data cap, basically. Like when you have, you know, when you don't have unlimited data on your phone, I think this will be a similar type of situation as far as the, the queries go.
1: The other thing for me is that outside of it being a communicator badge, I don't really want to wear it on my clothes. I would be I just happy. to wear it. I would be happy with it just being a phone or a it's phone ruining, <laughs> ruining the lines of my
3: foot.
1: <laughs> just I, I know that they had a like it was a, one of these, uh, uh you know, where they got the model, the one runway, you know, models and stuff like that were wearing. Yeah. It and stuff. Yeah. And it's like, OK, that's yeah, cool. But honestly, if I'm if I want a wearable, it's going to be more of a of a watch for me. So I can just, yeah, I can just have it, you know, and I can touch it, you know, I, all the stuff that it does would be fine in a watch. In fact, one of the accessories you can get for this is a actual uh, watch strap, so you can actually, you know, put this into a watch strap and then wow. wear it on your wrist. I probably would be more apt to do it that way, but that just takes me closer to, well, if I want to do it that way, just make it a companion for make a device it. that I already have. Yeah. Even if I, you know, even if I got to do like a $10 a month or whatever the case is a fee for it to get that, you know, connectivity, that, that's where I want to see the two dot version come out. Yeah. I I'd, I'd like to see what they can do in two dot I, But I, I just like the ability that I can just and start talking and asking questions and get complex hey. answers back. It's gimmicky.
3: Meh. It is very gimmicky, very yeah. gimmicky. But I, I appreciate all of the technology that had to go into it because it was a lot. They packed a lot into that little uh, device. Um, but I agree that wearing it on your clothing is going to be an issue. I know they uh, in the video, they had a um, different battery the different way to connect it for if you were wearing like silk or, or mm. a thinner fabric or stuff like, like I can see this weighing down, you know, different types of fabric and different, it just, that whole idea of the battery, the extra battery pack on the back of the thing. And just like, I don't yeah. know. It just, so yeah, it's, it's, it's
1: a, so it's a magnet, basically yeah. like the way that it connects is that it uses magnets. So you put it on one side of the lapel and then you put on the other side, you put the, right. the magnet, which actually doubles as its battery back up. So it's well, but, I
2: would be con I would be concerned even with the magnets. So I've had magnet name tags and you look down and the name tag is gone. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> <Right>. I can
3: <laughs> it done slid all the way down. <laughs> Or it
2: fell off when you were doing something else. So I can imagine uh this eight hundred dollar uh name badge, air quotes, you know, looking down to d- disappear and your heart skips a beat now that you didn't spend eight hundred dollars, now you can't find this thing. Right mm-hmm. leads me to to believe that I would prefer It'd be something I actually wear. Now, of course, you're wearing it on your shirt. But like I said, like if wear a pair of glasses or a watch, that's something I know is, feels more secure because with a watch, I can kind of feel it on my skin. Mm-hmm. Glasses, I can feel it on my face. With mm-hmm. this pen, it's on my clothes and I may or may not feel it there. Especially the if you are
3: wearing like a thicker sweater right. yep. or, mm-hmm. something, or, like yep. or something like that. Yeah. jacket or
2: something like that because it has to be on the outside in order to Project the image on your hand in order for you to touch it. And
3: then, what's to stop somebody from running past you and snatching it off your chest? Because once they start, (laughs) once they start realizing these things cost seven hundred dollars, and I can go ahead and get me a buck, make me a bag off of it, somebody gonna run past you, snatch that joint off your chest, and and you you see people doing that with
1: phones. I see videos Hi. of folks in a club and it's and it's packed and they got their phones up and somebody just smooth grabs that phone and tucks it and they, they're looking around because everybody has their no phone idea. out. You have no exactly. idea who has, you know, your particular phone. So I could definitely so see something like that happening. So, so
3: many problems with this,
1: but uh, it's, it's, it's cool technology. Like I said, I, I lit up when I saw it because I was like, Oh, this is this is darn near, uh, you know, a, a communicator badge. It's like, I think that's the reason why we'll want it. But they got to do something
3: like I feel like they will um, all their tech bros in the valley will buy it. So it'll kind of over infl- it'll mm. over inflate the popularity of it. And then somebody will acquire the company and for a billion out. dollars mm-hmm. and they will cash out and we'll never hear from them again yeah.
2: and hear about mm-hmm. this product again. This looks like a Google thing, to be honest. Some <laughs> Google will buy and some it bullshit be. moonshot, <laughs> right?
3: And we'll, we'll never see. Well, the article- they'll say, "Well, they'll say they're buying." the technology or the or the that, ip that, right and yeah. and then we'll never see it again
1: they, they called they, it the, they, they, this is the google glass without the glasses that was actually yeah. something that was it's in one of mean. the articles so yeah it's it, it's interesting and like i said it we will see i'm generally never a 1.0 person i i would be interested to see it what they do 2.0, with 2.0 so if, if it. it does come out
3: it mm-hmm. ain't gonna make it to 2.0 yeah. <laughs> so you better get it now <laughs>
1: <laughs> so y'all, yeah, we're gonna keep we're gonna keep it talking about uh, AI because this one I was like, what 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 happened now, Steph? I think this is what you stuck in here. Yo. But the DOC is using AI to release a new John for
3: real. Hey, yo, let's kick it on the one black and we don't <laughs> stop making records and catching and cold checking them effect. Oh man, when when I saw this, yo, y'all, when I tell y'all how much I I had to go re-download um his first album because. That jaw was, and he was such a an amazing MC. So let, let's um, let's
1: hold up and, and wait a yeah, second yeah, yeah. because. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is very possible. In fact, it is probable that we have listeners who have no idea who we're talking about. So, could you, so could you please tell people who the DOC is?
2: <laughs> they, they got okay. Google.
3: Let them Google. Right, right, right. So the <laughs> DOC, his first, I know his first, what's his full name? I know his first name's Tracy. Um, I'm looking in this article. It doesn't have his actual real name in that one. Uh, the DOC, Tracy, 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 Tracy Lynn Curry. Tracy Lynn Curry. Thank you very much. Um, so the DOC was a rapper. His first album uh, debuted in 1989. And it was called uh, No One Can Do It Better. Is that was that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Called No One Can Do It Better. And um, he was down with Dr. Dre. He was down with Dre, N.W.A., that whole clique. Uh, but he was from Dallas. You know, they they hooked up. And, and he was just like... Literally, he could have been like a somebody's top five. Like, that's how dope he was, in my opinion. Is he, he personally very,
1: responsible for making philos fly outside of tennis players?
3: Oh, did he wear mm-hmm. Felaz? I'm pretty did sure. He talk about yeah. yeah, he might have. Yeah, I, I don't so. know. But he was a super dope MC, just breath control on a thousand. Um, and he had that Voice. I think what made him so popular and, and so good is like some certain MCs just have that voice that is just a rapper voice. And he had his oh, his voice was just amazing. And he was just such a dope MC and got in a car accident shortly after his first album came out, completely crushed his vocal cords, and he literally can he could barely talk then. He can speak, but his voice is like and it sounds mm-hmm. like he's gargling with razor blades when you hear him talk. It, it it's, it's actually really painful to listen to him speak now because it really does sound like it's painful, it's painful for, for him. For him yeah, yeah it does. Yeah. It sounds like that. Um, and so you know now it seems like AI may be able to uh help him create music once again. And I'm like, yo, if that can happen, like I'm all for it. I don't know what how well it would 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 work at this point because it sounds like it sounded like he would need to spit first like normally with his voice now and then the ai would go back and kind of lay over a veneer of what his old voice used to sound like based on being trained off of his old records and things like that. So, um, you know, it'll be interesting to see if he still has that same breath control, what he can actually do with his voice currently um, as far as rapping goes um, and, and then what the AI could do to, to enhance it and make it sound like his old, his old self. So uh, listen, I listen, I would love it. I would love to hear it. Cause like he said, he was amazing. He was super <laughs>
1: Notebook. I'm just sitting here thinking that this bruh probably has 35 years of rhymes in right. in multiple notebooks, just waiting, stacks. just waiting,
3: stacks and, stacks and stacks to
1: go win a Grammy. So, right. um, I'm just thinking everybody, like you know, Steph you and I are rough, you know, around the same age. I'm thinking everybody our age is absolutely gonna go grab Yo, this album.
3: If this dude it. does it. I absolutely. Would. I don't care what it sounded like. I mean, just because just it was him, you know, just to support the effort, you know, this is this is where AI and artists come together and make sense because he's actually, you know offering his work to train this model and you know hopefully they won't exploit it and do you know whatever with it but this is where that whole thing kind of I think makes sense for people it'll be interesting to see if he would be able to do any sort of live shows um with this maybe lip sync I don't know if I'd really want to see that but I, I don't know I mean I'm, I, I'm I'm hopeful that something could happen to uh, you know give this brother his voice back in in a certain in a certain regard because he just so much talent just gone in an instant, and and it just doesn't seem fair.
2: Um, uh, two things about this: the first one, I talked about it last week. You know, the the word or the term or the terminology AI. Um, it it's, it seems like we are doing it a disservice because this is more than just AI. You know, it's actually technology. We're, we're training technology to um, r- to remember this voice and then actually use that technology for him to continue his voice. Um, I don't know what that technology is, but it seems like to just say AI, it seems like it's selling a little bit short. I wish we had more information on exactly how this is going to work and then maybe kind of figure out how we can use that in other areas. For example, I. Um, I never thought twice about it, but Apple, when their latest phone or and or their latest technology came out with this ability to where you can take, they said maybe 20, or 30 minutes of your time and in the iPhone, you can go through and speak these phrases so your phone can then record who you are as your voice. And then let's just say, heaven forbid, something happens to me that recording, that, that information is saved up to where I can then use my phone and type and then it'll speak my voice.
3: Right. I think I saw, uh, Marquez Brownlee did a video mm-hmm. What, mm-hmm. where he demonstrated that feature. Yeah. Right. Right. And
2: I, I just, um, I still we're just throwing AI on a lot of things. And I just, hopefully that it doesn't just become ubiquitous with a lot of bunch of different things and and it never really not necessarily never really takes off but we never we want to apply it to everything versus saying all right this is a specific instance to where yeah there's a little bit of uh language learning or machine learning that goes into once we create the voice then if he says something different then the machine learning OK, this we, we need to change this hmm. word and then say it as whatever the case may be versus just say, oh, this is A.I. I still I'm still kind of in the dark as far as what specifically is a AI, A.I. Is it the, the robots that can take over the globe or is it just a tool that helps us do things it's, like this? I think
3: it's all of that. It yeah, can right. be all of that. Um you know, the, the sentient robots is generative AI mm. that are general AI, not generative, general AI that we we're not there yet. Not even close. Um, yeah. Uh, but but this is this is a form of machine learning. Artificial intelligence is a form of machine learning where it, it, it to, you know, takes takes in data um, and and figures things things out based on data and, and, Mm -hmm. and recognizes patterns and things like that based on data. So this is, this is AI. It just is a very, you know, the ground floor level of it.
1: To your point, Terrence, AI for the last 14 months now has been thrown around. Like you remember back in the day when everybody would say, uh, Oh, we we computerized it or we digitized it. It's just, it's just a generic term
2: at this point. Even sooner than that. When you just said cryptocurrency, you would have to wait. Well, you got to understand there's blockchain and there's DEFI and there's this and there's that and there's vaults and there's this. And what people's like crypto, eh, I don't care about that. I'm afraid. That if we just keep saying AI on everything, people are going to get necessarily numb, and they're not going to. Be if numb.
3: everything is AI, nothing every- is. Yeah,
2: R- exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, if, if
3: everybody's fed like uh, the Incredibles, if everybody's special, nobody is kind right. of deal. Um. Yeah, yeah i i I think there are enough valuable use cases for it. That It's not just going to go away. It may okay. it may sink into the background so seamlessly that we don't even realize we're using it, mm-hmm. but it definitely is not going to go away.
1: Yeah. And like I said, I read through this story and they didn't talk specifically about the technology that they're using, but it sounded much like, and I think we talked about this, James Earl Jones where he basically signed over rights for his voice likeness to a company that is using artificial intelligence. Essentially what they have done, they've taken recordings of him primarily from the Star Wars, you know, all the Star Wars stuff that he has done and are taking all of that and they've created a model. Okay, this is what James Earl Jones sounds like when he is doing the voice of Darth Vader. And now they can. He said so many words in so many different ways and so many different situations that they can actually now type this stuff out. And it sounds like him actually saying it fresh, you know, a, a brand new script It's not it. It's not a we recorded this word and we recorded that word and we're mashing it together is they actually are using the artificial intelligence to this is what we understand James Earl Jones to talk like. So when he is talking like this and it's not just you typing it out, you can type it out and then tell the computer the feeling and the emotion that you have with it, and it'll actually make something new out of that. I believe that that is what is going to happen here to where they're going to take, you know, all, all the recordings of his voice and then all the new stuff that he does, because Stephanie, to your point, is is not that he doesn't remember how to do it. His His voice physically changed. He's like, you know, he he got in that car accident, got hit in his throat and it literally changed the way that he talked. He had to learn how to talk over again. So his voice is like super raspy now. It's like, you know, he almost had a melodic tone to his voice. Uh, I would imagine he probably could sing. So he, really, so he really he wasn't just a he was just rapping. He actually yes, had the voice, voice to go along special. with it, which is mm-hmm. just a, a, another thing that the re, the really good ones they ha, they have that voice, and he clearly had that. So my gut would tell me that it, it it's it's probably a little bit all of that to where they're taking his old you know recordings, they're training a model on this is what DOC sounds like, and now they can use him to come in. Well, this is how I would say it. You know, I, I would do it like this, or even listening to him say it with the way his voice is now and just using whatever they have in his algorithm to actually make it sound like his old voice, whatever that is, I'm buying that album, you know, know when it comes out.
3: It's going to be, it's going to be dope. And I think they, they, they started to talk about this as well. I don't know if you guys saw the movie uh, Val. It's a documentary about Val Kilmer, um, who is an actor. He, he also lost his voice. He got throat Mm, cancer mm -hmm. and lost his voice. And so they, there's a documentary out, I think it's on Prime. I I think I saw it on Prime Mm -hmm. um, where they kind of chronicle that and his son, I believe, sort of narrates it because he sounds so much like him. But I think in that documentary, they talk about the idea of potentially using AI to do something with him and sort of, you know, restore his voice as well. So I think, you know, we're going to see, I think we're going to see a lot more of this, you know, for you know, in, in the same way that this was what the Hollywood actors were striking against. Um, I think we're also going to see, you know, people who's had who's had their voices taken away from them using this to to try to get them back in some way.
1: So let's just let's just keep it on AI. So, Steph, tell us about tell us about Latimer. Tell, tell us about the black GPT. I, you know, this, this Black
3: GPT. Well, I put this in there because we talked about Um, didn't Google or somebody get some sort of collaboration with some HBCUs recently? Oh, yeah, that's Google. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we talked about that on like a couple weeks ago, a few weeks ago about the partnership that Google has with um, A&T. Was it A&T?
1: Howard is the primary custodian at this point. But the goal is to work it through HBCUs, uh, you know, all of them, you know, at at some point. But yes, it's starting with Howard
3: right so in the in a in a in a kwanzaa way of self determination somebody has done it for ourselves and uh Latimer was cre- Latimer is a, a uh, named after African American inventor Lewis Latimer. Is a new platform trying to make generative AI more inclusive. Nicknamed the Black GPT, Latimer is a new large language model built to reflect the experience, culture, and history of Black and Brown people more accurately. The platform recently announced new partnerships with historically Black colleges and universities to help bring the inclusive tool to students, agencies, brands, and the general public. So it was created by founder um and entrepreneur John N. Pasmore. And it basically is going to be a for us by us version of, of Chat GPT, basically, that will include works and and oral histories, books, local archives from different communities so that, uh, we can be represented, um, in these large language models the same way everyone else is. So, I mean, I, am not mad at it. I signed up for the, for the waitlist to get on the waitlist for the, for the beta.
1: So we'll see. So we, we, we say the terms all the time, uh, you know, GPT and chat GPT and this and that and the other, but GPT stands for generative pre-trained transformers. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's a, it's a type of large language model. So what they're doing here, because I can already see where the comments are going. Why do you have to have a black GPT? Why can't you just have a GPT <laughs> that works with everybody? You know, that works yeah. with everybody. And the reason is because and we, we 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 said this in our very first episode in episode zero of this show in talking about artificial intelligence. It's it's only as good as what you train it with. So if you don't train it like, you know, I I think it was we talked about why do the hand dryers in public restrooms not work for uh, darker tone people? Well, if you didn't train the algorithm to look at darker hands and say that's a hand turn on, then it's not going to do that. So it's the same thing here. If you are not training these models with black faces, if you're not training them with black literature, if you're not training them with black art, if you're not training them with things from a particular demographic at the level that you should be, then they're not going to be able to answer the questions. They're not going to be able to do the derivative works. They're not going to be able to, you know, you know, give you the information that you're looking for because it was never trained with the information in the first place. I think I said this last week, but when, when you're talking about these large language models, this is not AI like the, you know, it's not it's not like RoboCop. It is not like the Terminator. These are not thinking machines in the sense that they're making right. decisions. All that the, what they're really good at doing is making match, you know, matches of patterns. So it's and like they if, only
3: know what you tell them. They
1: only know and what that's you tell the, them. That's the so bottom line. if you never show them what a you know, an Apple looks like, there's no way for it to know what an Apple looks like. It's it's going to struggle with that. I, I think a few weeks ago, we talked about trying to get these image AI systems to draw a a black doctor helping white children. And they absolutely right. struggle with it. Why? Because if you never train it, that black doctors can actually Assist
3: Exist. white,
1: you know, um, the, the, well, getting a black doctor was an issue. You can get black doctor, black kids all the time. But if you don't ever train it with black doctors and white children, then why would you expect the AI to actually be able to just come up with that on its own? It has to be trained that way. So what Latimer is doing is it's actually going and looking at a lot of things that probably a lot of other GPT type style systems are not looking at and saying that we want to make it as inclusive as possible with, you know, with this type of data for this particular demographic. And I, I'm not mad. I don't. I'm not mad at yeah. him at all. It's it's funny. It's like, you know, we, we still get comments, uh, you know, on this. And it's like, you know, w- one of the things that is asked very often is, why do you guys have to have a black tech show? And it's like, it's not a black tech show. It's just a tech show that has black hosts. And we talk about things from our perspective. It's not like the three of us are the, you know, right. you know fully encompassed it's, all of all, all black, black people. We black. Exactly. So <laughs> it's like when you say that you don't want, it's like, well, you don't have to have a black tech show. It's like, well, then it means you're saying you do not want a show with black hosts on it because. That's all that we are—is that we just make no apology for talking about tech the way that it hits us because it does hit different sometimes, and that's what we're ultimately doing here. And I, so I, I applaud what they are doing with this. And Seth, I did not actually do the sign up, but I think I might go do it as well.
3: Yeah, well, and they and they teamed up real quick. I just want to just mention that they teamed up with Malefe Asante um, as like a, a advisor to kind of help develop the learning model and Miles College, along with some other HBCUs.
2: I was just going to say representation matters. And at the, very, at the very least, at the very minimum, um, college kids, black college kids, knowing that there is a AI out there that caters to them. We'll get them more interested in technology, AI in general, which will mean that more of our everything infiltrates or assimilates with regular culture. So we'll no longer need a black AI, but we got to get there first. We Mm got to get there. I don't understand. And shouts to you, Rob, for uh, towing that line and keep explaining to people when personally, I think just people are just saying that because they are not centered. So therefore anything to where they are not the center wow. feels abnormal mm-hmm. to them. But that's another, another subject for another day. All that to say, um, I hope at the very least kids going to college knowing that there is this technology out there. That's something that they, uh, that caters to them or includes them, not even caters just includes them just
3: includes that's the thing it's not it's not like it, the, this this Dominates mo- this right it's not like this model them. will only have <laughs> right. black stuff and it, it's, right. it's only being trained on black stuff. It's being trained on everything, including black mm-hmm. stuff, whereas the other models are trained on everything except black stuff. Mm-hmm. So that's the difference. And and it's a huge glaring difference and, and a deficiency in these other models. So I'm not mad at all.
1: Yeah, Terrence, you, you made the great point. Representation matters. I just, you know, I remember when I was a, you know, when I was a, when I was a kid and they started making a black Barbie. How big a deal that was because, huge
3: deal. you know, as but, someone who loved Barbies and had Barbies and only had one black Barbie in my entire life, huge deal.
1: Yeah, it's mm-hmm. you cannot underestimate or, or or underappreciate what seeing yourself in something. It shows you the possibility of it. So when you have, you know, these A.I. systems And you can see yourself in here. I'm represented in here. It just makes you feel some kind of way. And you're going to get more people who want to do that type of thing. And we are all about getting the youngers out there to, you know, go after these STEM careers. And it's like, well, how do you do that? we got to show them this. STEM is cool. It's like it's, you know, you know, there are people who look like them that are doing some of these things. That's one of the reasons why we do all the, you know, the spotlights that we do, you know, every month when we generally have one, you know, to show you that there are folks that look like you who are doing things that are cool that you may too think are cool. So I, I you know, I tip my hat. I clap my hands to Latimer. This, this one is pretty cool.
3: That's right. That's right.
1: So, Terrence, this this story here is one that you stuck in here, and it's about the banks being under pressure to reform money lost to Zelle scammers. And, you know, th- this, this is a big one. So why don't you tell us what's going on with uh, Zelle and and why the government saying that y'all need to go refund some folks with money back?
2: Well, um, because people get scammed (laughs) a lot (laughs) using technology like Zelle, um, Zelle is not a technology in and of itself. And what I mean by that is it's owned by banks. I think Bank of America, um, a couple other banks kind of have banded together to create Zelle, which enables you to where if you have an account with them, you automatically have an Excel account. And then that way you can pay for goods and services, whether it be babysitting, whether it be splitting a check. Or trying to buy goods and services, right? So, of course, you think of a a pandemic. Everybody went online. Everybody went virtual. Everybody went hands free. So you can imagine scammers was able to pretend like who they are, pretend like they are offering goods and services. In this case, uh, people were um, pretending to be government officials, reaching out to people directly and say, hey, I'm a government official. You owe this amount of money. People being unaware and intimidated, sent that money via Zelle. And since, of course, the banks own Zelle, they're like, nah, we ain't refunding your money. That's what you get <laughs> pretty much. That's what you get for getting scammed. So uh, the government has now pushed back and they are banks are actually feeling the pressure to where now they actually have to not necessarily have to, but have to look into Ways to um, refund people if they've been scammed specifically by um, people impersonating the government. So specifically, let me give uh, some actual information, uh, specifically how the banks have kind of pushed it back from this. Uh, banks have banks leaned on the fact that the federal law only required them to pay back fraud victims if they didn't authorize criminal transactions. And what that means is if I... Um, signed something or paid something and I didn't authorize the criminal transactions, like somebody hacked my account and took my money. That's what banks are saying. Oh, we'll give you your money back because somebody hacked into your account, stole your money. You're not liable for that. Sure, sure. Let's give you the money. Right. But they basically, the banks are saying, well, since that's the only thing the law says, then you accidentally giving your money to somebody who complained or claimed to be something else we're not liable for that. So the uh, the law is kind of changing around that. Uh, Reuters, 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 <laughs> same thing.
1: So Reuters, bad. Reuters. Bad.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Reuters. Why you look at me, that- Steph, when he said
3: it? <laughs> I didn't look at you. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Reuters wrote that the institutions were worried that if they started paying people back, it would only encourage more imposter fraud. But the Federal Trade Commission said earlier this year that such scams were already reported more, reported more for all payment types than any other fraud category in 2022. Banks were reportedly also concerned about encouraging fraud by eating the cost of transaction authorizations. But early warning services, EWS, the company that Zell operates under created a way for banks to claw back funds from recipients' accounts to get the money back for their victims. As part of this new policies, EWS now requires banks to flag suspicious transfers, such as those tied to accounts that have no prior Zelle transactions. So all around the world to say banks was pushing back because the government said we can only give people money if this thing happened. Federal Trade Commission's like, nah, that ain't the case no more. Banks was also like, well, if we uh, start paying people money back, then that's going to cause all this other fraud to come. Government came in and said, "No, y'all got technology yeah. in place
3: already. Well, that, early, yeah, early." I was say that that part
2: makes
1: so much sense but, unless you think about it. Right. <laughs> it makes and no sense thing, when you think it's about just it.
3: Like you, you wonder with with these are these are not small banks with small teams of engineers and and things like that. And and you wonder like how were you not doing this already and mm-hmm. at from the from the begin basically as the as the old folks say from the gate. Like how was it that if somebody told me to, you know, I got scammed and he took my money, you couldn't go back to that account, that other account where the money got deposited and take your money back. Right. Like that doesn't make any sense that you weren't able to do that from the beginning. Like the idea that you had to go back and retroactively add this in and, and add in flags. And, and I mean, Zell does say, um, Cause I I do use Zelle. I looked, I saw Wayne that says Zelle scams are exactly why he doesn't use it. But I do use Zelle, um, and and I know on my bank, it you know if I add a new recipient, it another window will pop up to sure? add a layer. Mm-hmm. Yes, like do you know this person? Are you sure you know this person? You know yada yada yada. Obviously, that doesn't help if you're being scammed and you think you have to send money to to whomever you're sending it to. But the idea that you couldn't go back to that account and take your money back makes zero sense because right. how it, else be, are you going to protect against it and so, it'd be
2: one thing if it was zelle was this completely separate third party client that wasn't associated with created by or used by any of these banks right is that be one thing the banks would be like ah eh, we don't control that but y'all control zelle y'all own it y'all control it so there's like you said stephanie there's no reason these zelle accounts are no connected reason. to banks that y'all, you know, either have or coordinate with with other banks. So there's no reason why I can't just be like, oh, that came from what bank? Eh, Give me that money back. (laughs) Yeah, Wayne
1: in our chat is saying the same thing. I'm saying the reason that the bank's don't do this is because there's no law that says the banks have to do this. We have to always go back to their default position. We're going to do what makes us is the maximum amount of money that we can make, and then we will care about our customers. Now, some folks are saying, well, not all banks are that way. Well, the ones that own Zelle are.
3: Yes, they are. They're all that way.
1: The the, the ones that own Zelle are. And so the issue is that, well, why weren't they doing these things they could have already done before? Because the government didn't tell them that they had to. But that's why I put The addendum at the end of the story, Terrence, because something that came up last week is that the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, they want to regulate digital payment apps in general. So apps like Zelle, Venmo, Cash App, Apple Pay, Google Wallet, PayPal, and all the others, they want to regulate them like banks. And the reason that, you know, the, the CFPB wants to do this is because the government understands that if people do not trust the nation's financial institutions things can go south very 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 quickly i mean very quickly i mean you 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 can crash markets because people don't trust banks in, in a matter of you know a, a, of hours if if not a day or two so the government is now coming and saying, well, hold up. This is how people are doing financial transactions. Now, it is it is not a thing for you to send money to somebody with Apple Pay. It's not a thing for you to send money to somebody with Zelle. That's the you know, the you know, the, the lead on this story. I'm guessing that these things are going to start getting regulated just like banks do. And and if you want to operate, these are the rules that you're going to operate under. And I, I wouldn't even I would go as far to say that you may even start to see some type of FDIC insurance on account. So like if like right now I tell people, don't just leave your money sitting in your cash app account. Don't just leave you know, thousands of dollars just sitting in th- these these various accounts that are not banks and are not FDIC insured because if something were to happen, if your money's in a bank, you're guaranteed to get at least the first two hundred fifty thousand dollars of your money back. Something happens to your money sitting inside a cash app. Too bad. So sad. So I, 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 think that, you know, the, the government is looking at this and saying, well, you know what? This is where this, these are how transactions are being done. It, it is so rare. You know, when's the last time you actually gave a nephew or a child actual cash money in a, in an envelope with a, with a birthday card? No, nah, it's just like you give them a card. It's like, where's your cash at? You know, which you know your Venmo?
2: You know what burns me up as a side note? Now, everybody on Facebook, it's their birthday. They put their cash up. Oh,
3: they put the cash up. Yeah, uh-huh. TikTok, everybody puts Drives their cash me up. me insane. And I'm like, first of all, you're a grown-up. I'm not, why would I give you money? Like, you're a whole grown-up. I, I just, I don't know why I would be compelled to give somebody money. I, I just, I don't get it. I don't get it. But so if I y'all see know. my cash up in my okay, birthday okay. next year, yeah. <laughs> go ahead on and Hope that up.
1: Uh- <laughs> <But> he- <laughs> <laughs> Why are people doing it? Apparently it works
3: because it works. Yeah, because it'll be like five dollars, you know, twenty dollars, whatever. Somebody want somebody want to virtually buy you a drink. It's, it's kind of like buying somebody a drink.
1: And you know? know what? We've had that happen here. We have actually had patrons and others who just. Do you have buy me a coffee? I I literally just set that up probably not a month ago because somebody said we just wanted to tip you know and, and do something like that. You, you just you know the, a way to give someone something that they didn't even necessarily ask for. And I'm so, cool.
2: And but the key, what you just said, that they didn't normally ask for. I'm all for somebody saying, "Yo, brother Tech Man, I appreciate all the stuff you do, a Tech John snobos and all the things you've been doing. What's your cash at? Let me let mm-hmm. me bless you." I'll give you my cash app in a heartbeat. Right. <laughs> yeah. Back in the day, it right? I'm Stop special. Cash at there. me. It's like, man, come on, man.
1: Back in the day, <laughs> it used to be your grandmama would give you that twenty dollars for your, you know, for your birthday, and she would pin it to your shirt, and then you would just walk around to friends and family, and eventually it would it would mm-hmm. grow. Y- y'all family did not do just, that.
3: That was just that was just you, Rob.
1: I don't think it was just me. I don't think it was just me because I've been to, I've been to way many parties that wasn't of, just my out family? Of
3: this, out of the three of us
1: out I of the mean, yeah, three I mean, of us at the,
3: at the party yeah you do like the dollar dance or, or, mm-hmm. or whatever and if you're at like the the wedding reception they pin the money on you and stuff like that yeah 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 but not for the birthday
1: no i'm just, just saying around. i think i think that what's happening now is that because this <laughs> is all digitized now I'm using that word that I said earlier it's all digitized now it's all it's all computerized that this is the new way to pin money to your shirt when your birthday comes up but uh, yeah, I somebody i know just say it that their birthday was covered up, and if you want to uh if if you want to partake in their birthday celebration to uh send us something to their cash I can't remember who it was, but some somebody that I know just did that so I it, guess it, it is the, a thing the,
3: the new pinning and money to the sh- pen money to I, the chest I guess. Like, dang, I supp- like I'm gonna try it next year watch watch until mm-hmm. my birthday i
1: am get way off topic and this is more of a uh after party type of thing, but I saw a dude. Standing on the corner with his sign, and my man had his PayPal, his Cash App, and his Venmo on the sign. Hey, for if you don't get cash, bam. Um, Technology. now, that,
3: <laughs>
1: uh, I can't remember where I was. But now this, you're this is probably. Encouraging-
3: uh unsafe driving because now I gotta pull my phone at I'm, not, I'm <laughs> surprised so, I didn't have a QR code on it you know
1: what that's what's gonna be next it's gonna be you know just just click the QR code but um yeah this is this is within the last six months because it you know it was definitely warm when this happened but I'm like does that dude have his cash app on there but the thing is is like if if he didn't have it on there, he's guaranteed not to get any money in his cash app. The fact that he had it on there, there's probably someone who's like, hey, I want
2: to, you know. Uh, I get it. I mean, I get th- they're it. Gonna, the not they're going to do it. I, yeah. I get it. So I get it 100%. But it's like, is that where we got now to where it's like you are expecting gifts on your birthday? Yes. I, and I know you are, but it's just like, let people let people bless you. Don't be like, I need you to bless me. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: I, I, I'm with you, Terrence. So I do feel kind of, some kind of way about that. It's like, I don't know you like that. Well, I'm just going to just give you some random money because it's your birthday. But people do it. People do it. So. So, y'all, I think that is about our time for this week. I'm looking at the clock. we right at the top of the hour. We're a little past the top of the hour before our hour of doing the show. We're right there. And this week, unfortunately, we did not have any new patrons this week. So I do want to remind everyone that if you would like to support the Tech John, you can do so by becoming a patron. patronage does a couple of things. You basically become a member of the Tech John, and that's going to give you access to a RSS feed that has no ads in it. So normally, if you're listening to this in your podcatcher, you hear ads at the beginning, in the middle, at the end. You can get rid of all of those if you were to become a patron. Now, another thing that you get by becoming a patron is you get to watch us record the show live so you get to hang out with us in our live stream and our after party which we're about to go to now so once again the way to do that is to become a patron over patreon.com forward slash the tech john that's the tech j-a-w-n and any little bit that you do to support us helps us bring this tech to you the way that we bring it to you so with that being said tech life staff why don't you tell the folks how they can get at you
3: You can follow me all around the web at Tech Life Steph. Check out stephaniehumphrey.com and buy the book on Amazon.
2: And you can find me all over the web at Brother Tech. That's B-R-O-T-H-A-T-E-C-H.
1: And I am at Rob Dunwood on all the things. And we are also at The Tech John on all the things. So come holler at us, however you holler. Until we meet again in a week's time.
0: peace, peace. Peace. Peace.